Amen. Justified. What a word. Take your Bibles tonight. Turn to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we're going to go back to the verse that we jumped into two weeks ago. And uh, it's kind of comical that uh, the message that we were preaching two weeks ago out of here was not intended to be more than one service. But I'm glad that the Lord makes known what he intends over what we intend and we were out last week, and let me thank once again Brother Breland and Brother, uh, Brother Thornton for helping us out in the service. But tonight we're going to try to finish this verse, if God will allow us. If not, we'll c- uh, continue it next week. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll get, read one verse, verse 17. The Bible says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's ask him to bless. Father, thank you for your word. Help us tonight, Lord, as we speak uh, on the importance of understanding your will. Help us all desire it. Help us all to seek it. And Lord, I pray that we'd find it and fulfill it this year at our church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to reintroduce the thought just for the sake tonight of, uh, of connecting the two weeks. I know it's been a little while since we looked at this, but I told you two weeks ago that throughout the year we'll constantly be re- re- redefining uh, the thought of being engaged and being involved and every part making increase and participating in the will of God here at Central. And two weeks ago we summarized it basically in three words of finding, functioning, and fulfilling the will of God. Uh, It's my prayer, and I believe it's God's desire that every one of us would find the will of God, that we would function in the will of God, and at the end of the year, we will look back having fulfilled God's will for us individually and collectively as a church uh, in this year. Uh, Last week or two weeks ago, we looked at the simple thought of just learning to do our job, find what our job is, and learn to do our job, what God has called for us each to do here at our church. And I told you that oftentimes... Uh, I would dare say the number one question that I get asked about on a weekly basis is people trying to figure out how do I know and how do I find God's will. I believe many of us would genuinely fulfill God's will if we could find God's will. And so we set out looking at verse number 17 on how we could find and know and fulfill God's will outside of our circumstances. Remember, our circumstances will oftentimes steer us away from fulfilling the will of God. If it was up to circumstances, remember, Peter would have never walked on water because the circumstances did not point him in the way of God's will. They actually steered him away from that. David would have never killed Goliath if he went off circumstances. Today, they had the opportunity to preach chapel to our junior guys, our, our, uh, our elementary guys. This morning, we preached about David and how all the odds were against David, and yet it was God's will to use him for that great victory. But David had to find the will of God rather than operate off of his circumstances. So the first thing we looked at was in verse 17, the Bible says, wherefore, no, notice these next words, be ye not unwise, be ye not unwise. We, we looked last week at the warning uh, concerning God's will, and the warning was not to be unwise. That word unwise means not to be foolish. That means our Father doesn't want us to be ignorant of His will. He wants us to know what His will is. And we looked at several verses in Proverbs about how the foolish view God's will. Proverbs 18, we looked at the one who, the foolish man who has no delight uh, in the will of God, but who seeks out his heart and how we must make the will of God a priority in our life. We looked at the rich man in Luke chapter number 12 and the rich man 
man did not put a priority on the will of God, and yet he wanted to invest here in this life. And so God says, be not unwise. And he warned us that the will of God is something that we need to, and then we're going to look at the next part tonight. Verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but notice what he says we should be. He tells us what we're not to be in the first part, but he says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He's showing us that when it comes to the will of God, the desire of our Father is that we be understanding, okay? That we're able to put it all together of what God desires for us as individuals to do at this place and at this time. So tonight, the second thing we're going to look at concerning the will of God is the work involved in his will. Last time we looked at the warning in his will, but tonight we'll look at the work that is involved in his will. Now, understanding the will of God requires work. Now, I know that we would all probably say that we don't mind work, and when it comes to something important, we'll put the effort in. But if there's something we ought to be willing to work for, to work that we might understand, it ought to be the will of God. Many of us, we work very hard, and there's nothing wrong whatsoever with working so that in our latter years of our life, we might have a good retirement and a comfortable retirement. But if there's something we should be willing to put the time in, it ought to be for the work and the will of God and understanding the will of God. Now, the message tonight is going to hinge on a definition. So I need you to get this definition for you to understand what the message is all about. When you look up the word understanding, it means this, to join or bring together to join or bring together. Now let me share with you how that works in with the message. The will of God is not a one-dimensional thing where you just ask God to drop it on top of you and it's the will of God for your life is going to be spelled out up in the clouds. The will of God is something that has to be put together. It's something that comes together in many different pieces to where you're able to understand exactly what God has for you at this specific moment. I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I had a PT Cruiser that was a standard vehicle. Uh, It means it was a stick shift, and I love driving a stick shift, but the problem was my wife did not know how to drive a stick shift. And so it fell to me as her husband to teach her how to drive a stick shift. Big mistake. I told my wife, I said, it's very simple. You just clutch it, put it in gear, and you go. I said, it's just very simple to drive a stick shift. So I decided one day I was going to teach her how to drive. We get on the dirt road that the camp is on, and I'm in the passenger seat. She's in the driver's seat, and we leave the house, and we start going toward the dining hall. You kids know where that is at the camp, that hill and that curve. And uh, as we start going up the hill, the the car began to go, and I'm telling my wife, give it some gas. Give it some gas. And after a while, she's giving it gas, but she's not letting off the clutch. And I'm saying, come on, honey, you got to give it some gas. Let off the clutch. And finally... She reaches between the seats, pulls the emergency brake, and gets out of the car (laughs) on the side of a hill. She says, stop hollering at me. I said, I'm not hollering at you. I says, but you, (laughs) I was hollering at her. She got off. I think you walked back to the house. I can't remember what she did. She walked back to the house, and that was the last time my wife ever sat behind of a vehicle of a steering wheel that had a, had a gear shift. It's, it's just automatic for her now. Now, as easy it was for me to tell her, this is what you do, there were many steps involved in driving a stick shift. You have to match the, you have to match the clutch. You have to put it in gear. Then you have to let off the clutch as you match the gas. 
So even though it's simple to speak about, there's several steps that have to be put together in order for you to be able to execute the function of driving a standard vehicle. Now, the will of God is much similar to that. All right? It's easy to talk about, find the will of God, but understand the will of God must be put together. It has a lot of pieces that have to be put together for you to understand exactly what God would have you to do. I'll give you another example. This week, Brother Brent brought me a, um, a picture that he has in his office, and it's not really a picture. It is a picture of, uh, of Death Valley, LSU Stadium, but it's a puzzle. I think a thousand pieces or over a thousand pieces went in that puzzle. He's got it hanging on the wall in his office, and that's a beautiful picture that is there. But can I tell you, that picture came to be one piece at a time. And this is the way the will of God. He says, I want you to understand what the will of the Lord is. And the word understand means to put it together. You're going to have to be willing to put the work in so that the picture comes together. Can you imagine if Brother Brent sat down to put together that puzzle, and he picked up a piece, and that piece was just blue? And he says, what am I supposed to do with this? He says, that doesn't make any sense, and he chunks that piece away. He would have been missing a valuable part of the puzzle. When it all came together, he would have been missing something that made the picture what it ought to be. Now, folks, this is the way the will of God is. We must be willing to put in the work to gather all the pieces so that we might know what the will of God is. Now, if it's worth it, you will be willing to put in the work, if it's worth it. Anytime I think about the will of God, I think about a socket. And I have a socket here tonight. I, I stuck it in my pocket right before it's my pocket socket. I carry it around all the time. No, not really. I stuck it in my pocket before we left the house. And anytime I think about the will of God, I think about this socket. And how by itself, you can't really do a whole lot with a socket by itself. I mean, you could throw it at somebody, and you might accomplish something that way if, if they were annoying you. But when it comes to this, you need another piece. You need the ratchet that goes with it. And when you take the socket and you put the socket on the ratchet, well, then you have things that work together. You see, the pieces have come together to accomplish the function of the tool. Now, this is the way the will of God is. If you desire to be used of God to fulfill the will of God, you've got to understand that the will of God has to be joined or brought together. I'll give you a prime example. I want you to think about Esther tonight. Here was Esther, and Mordecai comes to Esther, and he's trying to convince Esther of what the will of God is for her life. He says, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Watch this. Mordecai says, you are the person for this place at this time for this job. Notice all the pieces. Mordecai is trying to convince Esther, look, the will of God, look at all the pieces. You are the person at this place for this time for this cause. When all the pieces came together, Esther knew the will of God, and Esther fulfilled the will of God. Our problem is this. We are not patient to wait till all the pieces come together. And sadly, oftentimes, I believe we miss out on what the will of God is. This is why back in the fall, we had the ministry marketplace. Very excited. The last few weeks, we've had many meetings about getting people plugged into those various opportunities at the, missions market, or the ministry marketplace. It's exciting to look out at our church and see all the different pieces that we have. We have needs, and we have people that can fill those needs, but we have to get the people in the position to fill the need. You see, all the pieces have to come together. 
That's the way that the body of Christ works together. The Bible says that every part makes increase, but they have to come together. We love quoting Romans 8, 28, don't we? Let's turn there real quick. I want to show you something. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we quote this verse when we get a flat tire or our dog dies or something like that. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, and we know that all things, what? Work together. Now notice, all things, that word things is a plural word, meaning multiple. All things work together. It's kind of like this socket. By itself, it doesn't make much sense and it's not very useful. But when you get it and you get the the ratchet that goes with it, well, then they work together. And then they can accomplish something. So Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together. You cannot separate the work from the together part. Folks, you want to know the will of God and fulfill the will of God, understand it's not one-dimensional. You've got to piece the will of God together, and that involves patience. But watch what verse 28 says. We know that all things work together for good. Can I tell you what the good is? It's God's will. All things work together for good. You say, well, this is good for nothing. Wait till you get it with the ratchet. And it works together for good. What is the good in our life? It's the will of God. God wants to bring together our circumstances and our opportunities and our talents and put them together for good. And that's the will of God. You say, well, how do you know that? Look at verse 27. Go up one verse. Let's read the context. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then we read verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. There's the will of God. But you see, in order to fulfill the will of God, we've got to be patient to allow all the pieces to come together. And there's the problem. We don't want to put in the work. Can I tell you, sometimes the hardest work is patience. I am not a patient person. I need to find somebody else out here who is a shining light in, uh, in, God's, uh, uh, in God's sight that can preach on patience because I'm not. My wife and I were gone for two or three days and just spent a lot of time focusing, being still, uh, and knowing God together. It was just a great time and we weren't gone 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Somebody was going slow in the fast lane and I'm already barking at them. My wife literally said this. We were, we were on the expressway. We haven't even got just maybe five miles from our hotel. She says, we haven't been gone 10 minutes, and you're already barking at people. It's amazing how fast we can backslide, isn't it? It's bad. Well, folks, listen, patience is not easy. That's the word. You know Hebrews chapter 12, when the Bible says, let us run our race with patience. You know what the word patience means? It means busily abiding in the will of God. That means, hey, we are staying busy. It's work, being patient, why God brings all of the pieces together so that we might understand his will. It requires some work. I was reading this afternoon in Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents, and we know that well, but I want you to listen close to what the Bible says about the man who had the five talents. The man who had the five talents, the Bible says he went and traded and made them another five. You know, they they didn't come natural. The Bible says he went and he gained and he made them. That means there was work involved. 
Can I tell you tonight, in the will of God, there's work involved. And that's getting all the pieces, getting the people in their places for their purpose to fulfill the will of God. This thing's driving me nuts tonight. Good night. I'm going to have to get a Bob Barker mic and carry it around from now on. It's about to drive me crazy. Folks, can I tell you this? The will of God requires work. Letting all the pieces come together. The Bible says be not unwise, but understanding. That means bring together all of the pieces. If you're not careful, you'll throw away things that God wanted you to have in your life that were supposed to work together for something in his will. Imagine if Abraham, when God told Abraham in Genesis, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. What if Abraham says, I don't get that? What am I supposed to do with that? What good is it for me to take my son, my only son, and sacrifice him up on a mountain? That doesn't make any sense to me. And yet Abraham was obedient. He let all the pieces come together. When Abraham looked over in the thicket and he saw the ram that God had provided, I kind of feel like Abraham said, oh. Do you ever have those oh moments? I do. God, what are you doing? God, why did you let this happen? God, I cannot understand how this could be good. God, this is worthless to me. Sometimes we view pain that way, don't we? God, why did you let pain come into my life? This cannot be good. God says be patient. Let all the pieces come together. And when all the pieces come together, you'll understand what I was doing. You'll have one of those oh moments. Imagine when God led Moses to... The Bible says, Pahiroth, um, it was a place right out of Egypt by the border of the Red Sea. And the Bible says that God led them there. And they get to the edge of the Red Sea and the army's behind them and the Red Sea's in front of them. Man, if I was kind of Moses, I'd be wondering, God, are you sure? God, why did you lead me here? It seems like a dead end. I don't understand. Why did you lead us here? And then when Moses sees the Red Sea open, Moses says, oh, I see what you were doing. But you know what that required Moses to do? Be patient. Be patient. Let all the pieces come together. Sometimes you don't understand, God, why, you, why did you move this? And God, why did you move me? And God, why did you take so-and-so? Let the pieces come together. You may not understand it at first, but let all the pieces come together. And when you look back in hindsight, like the pieces of that puzzle... You're thinking, what good is this little piece of the puzzle? But when you see it all come together, you go, oh. I believe God would have us to have many oh moments in our life. But the problem is we're not patient to wait until the pieces come together. There's a verse we use often and we quote often. James chapter 1 verse 4. The Bible says, but let patience, but let patience have her perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work. That means we are to be patient. But what does the rest of the verse go on to say? You can't neglect it. The Bible says that you may be entire and wanting nothing. That you may be entire. What does the word entire mean? That you might have all the pieces. The Bible says let patience have her perfect work. Let God bring all the pieces together. You may not understand right now what this is all about, but just hang on. God's going to give you a ratchet to go with that socket. But you got to let patience have her perfect work. Several years ago, I wanted a shotgun. I was into rabbit hunting, and I uh, had a little more time than I do now. And I wanted an Ithaca Model 37 Deer Slayer shotgun. 
I'm going to tell you why. I mean, at our church, it let me borrow his, and I started coveting it. So I figured the only way to get out of coveting it was to ask God for one of my own. That's how you do it, right? And so I began praying about it, and told my wife I wanted one, and uh, then we started pricing, and we realized there's a reason you shoot a Winchester and not an Ithaca, because of the price. Christmas morning, go to the tree and start opening gifts. And one little box about yay big. It was my big gift. The way we did it at our house is we opened the gifts small to large, you know, based on the wow factor, okay? They may not be the biggest, but the wow factor that we open it up and we kind of keep giving them out that way. And uh, the last gift was about this big. And I go, what? You know, my wife bought me a bracelet, you know? (laughs) I'm not a jewelry guy, to be honest with you. And so I opened it up. And there's one single shotgun shell in there. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it has been a tight year, you know, and maybe that's what she got me for Christmas, you know, was a shotgun shell. And I'm trying to act, wow, oh, oh, must be a special shotgun shell, you know. And underneath the shotgun shell, there was a note. It was a little poem or a riddle that my wife had written about uh, where, you know, take me to where I belong or something like that. So I went to the closet where the shotgun was at, and I pulled back the curtain where the closet was at, and there was the gentleman at our church's shotgun. And right beside it was an identical Ithaca Model 37 Deerslayer. And I look at my wife, and I'm thinking, you know, where did she get the money to buy this, first off? You know, something she's not telling me. She's got a credit card or something, you know. Long story short, come to find out, you tell me, look, how God gives you the desires of your heart. I I didn't need that shotgun. She went to a pawn shop, and she found the $700 shotgun for $139 and bought it for me for Christmas, and I've still got it to this day. It was identical. The only thing difference between my shotgun and the shotgun that I was borrowing was the serial numbers. That's the only thing that was different. God had blessed with that, but here's what I want you to understand. Imagine if I had to open up that box. You know, what's this? You know, I thought we were building up to the crescendo of the wow gift. And I open it up, and there's one 12-gauge, two-and-three-quarter-inch shotgun shell. That's it? It says, I, there's nothing I can do with it. Imagine if I'd have just, I'd have just flown off the handle. Oh, I may have never seen that shotgun. <laughs> And it went right back to the pawn shop. She probably made a profit off of it and went and did something that she, she would have liked to have done herself. But imagine if I had a chunk, I don't need that. What is this? I got boxes of those. What do I need with one shotgun shell? But what I realized was that shotgun shell went with something else that I really wanted. And when I found that shotgun in my closet, it all came together. You know what I did? I understood. I understood. But I had to be patient to let all of those pieces come together. You know, sometimes God's going to ask you or God's going to command you. God's going to lead you to do something. And you're not going to get it. God, I don't understand. Why? Why did you lead me through this pain? I don't don't understand that. God, I know I'm in your will. I know I'm right with you. I'm going through this pain. I do not understand why. Be patient. Let patience have her perfect work. Why? Because God wants you to be entire, wanting nothing. But you've got to stick it out long enough to get the other piece to the puzzle. Remember Peter was out there fishing with the guys and had toiled all the night and had caught anything, and they're picking up all of their nets. And here comes Jesus along and asks them to do something totally unreasonable. Why don't you cast your nets out one more time? 
And here goes Peter. I love Peter in the fact that here he is kind of arguing with God a little bit. I'm guilty of that, aren't you? He says, we've toiled all the night and we've not caught anything. Why are you asking us to do this? But finally that spiritual light began to flicker in Peter's mind. Aren't you glad when that happens? He said, okay, at thy word. And they took the net and they cast it out. And the Bible says they caught a multitude of fishes. I kind of wonder if Peter wasn't sitting back with a sheepish grin on his face saying, oh, I see what you were doing there. You know, we may not always understand. We may not wonder, God, why did you give me this puzzle piece? God, why did you bring this change in my life? God, why did you bring this pain in my life? Well, listen, understand God's doing something. That's the beauty of living by the will of God. Now, if you go out and you start gathering puzzle pieces of yourself, well, it's up to you to put it together to turn out to be something. But when you live by the will of God and you accept the pieces that God gives you, even the ones we don't understand, let patience have her perfect work that we may be entire and wanting nothing. I was thinking about, we were talking last night about weddings and getting married, and I told my wife, I was reminiscing just a little bit with her about how I was 24 years old. When I met my wife, and I thought I was going to get married when I was 18. I couldn't understand. I thought I was just as mature as my dad was. Why couldn't I get married when I was 18 like he did? I'm so glad God knows what he's doing. I meet this girl. I say, well, she's nice. You know, after a while, you start getting desperate, and you're like, you know, maybe this one, maybe that one. And God, why not? And why not? And God says, just park it at the end of the road in Carson. I'm thinking, God, there's three girls in our town. I'm related to two of them, and I don't want to marry the other one. I don't know what you're doing. Why are you leaving me down here? God, I registered to go to two Bible colleges to go meet a wife. God wouldn't let me go. God wouldn't let me go. I'm sitting back. I'm already starting to frame the story of why I'm not married. Well, I'm just going to be like the Apostle Paul. It's better that we remain unmarried. That way we could just focus on serving God. You can never be like Paul because you're married, but I can because I'm not married. And I was already working on my story just in case. I didn't understand, God, why? God, why are you leading me down this? I've got friends who are married and they're having children. And I don't even know a girl that I would want to marry. And God says, just wait, you'll see, you'll see. Do you know how many times in the last 15 years I have preached to groups of young people, teenagers, youth conferences, about how God brought me my wife? It's a beautiful story to tell how God brought me my wife. Now, it's a beautiful story to tell now in hindsight. A good night when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I'm thinking, God, I do not get this. I don't understand this. God says, wait till it comes together. Wait till it comes together. I love telling the story. I'm not going to tell it to you because I already told it a million times. I love telling the story of how God brought me my wife in the helicopter. It's a beautiful picture. But I want you to understand the will of God for my life and my wife came together one piece at a time. Now I understand it. Remember, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding. God says, I want you to wait until all the pieces come together. Look, you can order a new blender on Amazon Prime. It can be at your doorstep in two days. But the will of God is a little bit more important than a new blender. So you may have to wait more than two days to get it. 
But when you get it, can I tell you, it's worth it to let patience have her perfect work that you might be entire and wanting nothing. God does not want your life to be a puzzle that's missing a bunch of pieces. My wife has this thing, if a puzzle's missing pieces, she chunks them. She gets real of them. She's like, you know, if you're missing one piece, it's just not complete. And God desires that every one of our lives and every one of our testimonies be a complete puzzle. But the problem is so often we're not willing to wait to get all the pieces. And we miss out on the testimony that we could be by allowing God to work. Psalms 143.10, David says this, teach me to do thy will. Teach me to do thy will. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like it might take a little while. Got some of our teachers in here tonight. How's that coming along? Teaching our kids algebra and conjugating verbs and all that else. Ms. Evelyn teaching music. That just happens overnight, right? They learn how to play those things overnight. I mean, I mean, Miss Evelyn's a, a marvelous instructor, but you know, we're not giving her a whole lot to work with. No, not really, but it takes time. David didn't say, drop your will on me. Boof. No, David says, teach me, Psalms 143.10, teach me to do thy will. David says, I understand, it's going to take time. You know, before I could learn to do algebra, I had to learn to add. I had to learn to subtract. That I had to learn to multiply and had to learn how to divide. And after a while, you build up to the place where you know how to do algebra. But it takes time. The little piece of addition, the little piece of subtraction. A little piece of multiplication. It all comes together. And I understand tonight the will of God must be the same way. We must be patient that all those pieces come together of what God desires to do. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, the Bible says this, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, I don't know if you know much about sanctification, but it's something that is really a lifelong process to becoming who God would have us to be and staying where God would have us to stay and being in a place where we're useful unto God. Sanctification is not something that's going to happen one time when you go spend five seconds at an altar. It's going to take time. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, understand this. Our willingness to work at the will of God will show us tonight if it's worth it or not. Our willingness to work to the, toward the will of God will show whether or not we think it's worth it or not. Think about the things that you consider worth it. You work for them, don't you? That's why I've yet to really start my diet in the new year. It's just not worth it that much to me. Do you know when it becomes worth it? When I have to go buy a new suit to fit the body that I did not take care of. Well, now it's become worth it. And then I start working. I'll start jogging around the neighborhood. I'll start doing sit-ups in the bedroom. My wife thinks that somebody's torturing me in there. I'm making all kind of crazy noises. Why? It hurts. I wish, don't you wish working out felt good? I wish, listen, I, I wish it felt great. It doesn't. It's work. But the question of whether or not it's worth it comes down to what we're willing to put into it and how much we're willing to pursue it. God says this, wherefore be ye not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. God says, I, I don't want you to be foolish. You need to know what my will is for your life. But the way that you'll know my will is you're going to put the work in to bring all of those pieces. And sometimes that work is the patience on waiting for God to bring the pieces in. Until then, what are we doing? We're busily abiding in the will of God. Can I ask you this tonight? I'm, I'm not going to give you the third thing. We'll go to it next week. But can I ask you this tonight? Is the will of God worth the work? 
Our church will not fulfill God's will if we don't function in God's will. But we're not going to function in God's will until we find God's will. How do we find God's will? We work at it. We work at it. Say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why you did this in my life and why you let me go through that and why you told me to do this, but I know that it's from you. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to hold on to this piece until you give me the next piece. Because I want to have all the pieces so that when they come together, I know I have found and I'm going to function and I'm going to fulfill your will in my life. Now, can I tell you this? I'm not perfect at it by no means, but the times that I have found and functioned in and fulfilled the will of God, it has brought the greatest peace, the greatest fulfillment and contentment in my life. I believe tonight that's what most Christians are missing out on. The peace, the fulfillment, and the contentment of knowing and doing the will of God. There's nothing like it, but you've got to be willing to put in the work tonight. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Our heads are bowed and our 